Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash monthly 5 k If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by PDAC. PDAX is a homegrown cryptocurrency exchange that offers the best rates among local cryptocurrency exchanges. Download the PDAX app now on the Google Play Store, App Store, or Huawei App Gallery. Start trading Bitcoin, Ethereum, and other cryptocurrencies for as low as 50 pesos by signing up on podlink.co slash hustlesharepdax. Also powered by... Podmetrics, the easiest way to monetize your podcast. Sign up now at podmetrics.co for free and use the code HUSTLESHARE. Help your employees first so that they can help your customers. Trust and respect one another. Understand and accept diversity. And then, you know, one thing, since we're all like geeks now, put engineering foundations before, you know, delivery of the product. Welcome to HUSTLESHARE. The podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beitiong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustler Podcast. I am so excited because this is long overdue. It's the first time I did this podcast literally over th- around three years ago. This guy has been on my target list since then. But we were kind of in an awkward situation because back then when I still had this, I was running chatbot.ph and I was heavily promoting my startup in this podcast, right? Um, of course, being completely opportunistic, uh, I wanted to take, take, take advantage of that uh, clout. 
But man, I have nothing but respect for this OG right here. We're one of the old dudes. My God, we've been here for so long. And then we'll talk about that in a bit. But before I get carried away, let's welcome Mr. Gian Delorama of Aya. Gian, finally, my man. You're here. Yeah, I know. It's, you know, it's been, well, a while is an understatement. But you know we've yeah. gone through so many things together. <laughs> yep. so thank you for inviting me uh, into um, your podcast. You know I've been following uh, both Hustle Share, you know, and uh, Podcast Network Asia, and even Chatbot PS. Even you know we've yep. known each other since the party file days. So yep. um, you know I've seen I've seen you through so many things, up and down. We've spoken about it uh, at length at times. Yeah. You know it's it's actually you know nice to see all of the success that you've been having you know ever since even in the times that you thought that you weren't successful mm-hmm. right the, the seeds were being planted and then you know when you had chatbot ph and then you exited and mm-hmm. then you had this and then podcast network asia yeah. you know it's i'm nothing but you know um admiration and praise for you so yeah thank you for having me in your show same with you my man i've seen you again since we were Kickstart meets with my first Correct. startup, right? And uh, I've seen you also iterate so many things, ups and downs. And then again, I've seen crazy amount. We were competitors at one point. And that's why this is a very special episode. Literally a prelude before my my uh, third anniversary app because it's long overdue. And it's about damn time that we <laughs> talk about our journeys. But before yeah. I get carried away, Jian, I need to ask you the million dollar question. Jian? What's your hustle? Yeah, so as some of you might know, listening to um, Hustle Share, now I've been at the game for the past know, 12, 15 years, I guess. Uh, but more recently, you know, I've been running Ayak.ai, which is actually still the same startup that I've been running for the past eight, nine years, or Innovantage, which has changed their name. Uh, yeah, and what we're doing right now is helping um, companies automate. Uh, our goal is to make automation more accessible uh, in the Philippines and in developing markets. Software, for the most part, is still more expensive than labor, but yes. software is important to the success of companies. So how do you balance these two sides? And our goal is to bridge that gap. And we do that through what we call our AYA apps. Uh, basically, we, are, we have two apps. Uh, we call it instant apps, actually. It allows companies to instantly automate their processes without IT support and basically having the end users do it themselves. So one app is one that, um, of course, Ron, you're familiar with um, yeah. commerce or conversational commerce. This is the newest version of a chatbot uh, platform, but it's now focused on automating the conversational commerce and customer engagement process. So that's one app. And then the other app is actually um, procurement automation. So we help companies automate how they buy, understanding how they buy making buying faster will actually help them save costs and improve relationships with their suppliers. So, yeah, yeah so that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been hustling. Yep. I think at this point, hustle is an understatement. Um, yes. So, but yeah, that's, that's basically my hustle. That's amazing. And again, if, if there's one narrative that this pot, this episode would be, and especially if you're listening to this and you're, the, you're a young and you're a Gen Z founder, we're going to go really, really old and sound old here, but I don't feel that at least. And I'm pretty sure GN doesn't. But we've been in the game for over 10 years now. We've been in this, in this 
ecosystem where it wasn't sexy, where you can literally fill a conference room full of, you know, startup geeks. They, we called ourselves geeks back then uh, of people. And you know everybody in the room. And the, the narrative here is longevity. That, guys, this startup game is not for a quick flip. It will be the long game. And we've been here long enough to share that with you. And I can't wait to go in deep dive. But before I get carried away as well, my man, I need you to buckle up because we're going to have to ride the Hustle Share Time Machine. All right. Now we're back in Mint College in 2012. <laughs> wow. And this is, it's just funny, man, because um, just recently before I... I I pressed record today. I got an invite from Idea Space for their 10th year anniversary. And it just brought me back to how, how things were in the startup ecosystem 10 years ago, where things were all about Kickstart or Idea Space. That's how okay. polarized back. <laughs> but if you look at it now, they're not even the biggest players anymore, right? They're the put it. But before I, I, I talk talk about that, we've been really good friends. We've had lengthy conversations and we're actually one of the reasons why I created this podcast because I always catch myself having an amazing ass conversation to raid the fridge with you and all that. And yeah. every single time I catch myself and say, you know what, damn it, that should have been a, what I could have documented that <laughs> and we could have shared it to a yeah. lot of the world, but we're just here holding a beer and we're, it's just you and me bouncing that off. It would have mm -hmm. been cool if to share it to this, uh, the whole world and, Thank you for, for being one of those inspirations. But I never got to ask you your early hustles. I, kn yeah. I knew you as GN of Innovantage. Correct. Right? Um, that's who you were to me. Correct. But how did your journey of entrepreneurship start? And I want to also understand, were you influenced by certain people to become an entrepreneur or did you just find your way through that? Yeah. But as far as I can remember, no, I've been this geek. No, I've, I've always been interested in computers. Uh, my first venture, if you can call it a venture, was actually, excuse me, all the way back in high school. Okay. When Where's I was the high building, school? You got you to gotta represent, yeah, in, in, in Ateneo High School. Um, okay. So I was building computers uh, for yeah. classmates, for friends, and then I was charging a fee. So, you know, at that, the, the money that I earned, you know, bought my first computer. Yeah. You know, and bought me CDs of StarCraft and all of Warcraft, all of those things, right? <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, I was able to afford my first original <laughs> games. No, uh, no more pirated or yeah, no. burned <laughs> at, at that yeah. time. So, but yeah, I, that that entrepreneurial spark has always been there. It, it laid low for a couple of years you know, as I went to college. You know, going through that grind. But I remember, I think it was in, I guess, in early two thousand. Okay. Where in you know I was reading you know when it it was still a thing when I was mm. reading magazines in our library right? in, Manila, in university right in the, you feel so dated like magazines yeah. paper yeah. magazines like paper magazines <laughs> uh, there was an article about Google you know Google at that time and yeah. um it we take it for granted now but when companies like Google launched like I think they launched ninety eight um you know and when search engines actually worked. Yeah. You know, it was it was mind blowing, and you know I, I read the story about the two founders, Larry and Sergey, and somehow you know I, I dreamt of becoming someone like that. You know, I didn't know how to do it. Mm. You know I just wanted now it's cool. I mean you were you know they were they were building stuff that you know no one was building. 
uh, at that point or they were doing it better. So anyway, yeah. So, but I still proceeded with my you know college, went to corporate, you know, worked okay. for um, FMCGs, um, tech companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in I guess in twenty in two thousand eight, that okay. was when I you know I spoke to my friends, former office mates at that time, saying, hey guys, let's let's do something. No? Let, let's let's start a business. Uh, so that's when you know I started my first business. It was actually a a hardware uh, consultancy firm. So we were deploying network servers, wow. you know, telecommunications gear for mm-hmm. clients. It was, you know, it was pushing boxes for all intents and purposes. Okay. Um, yeah, that was my first uh, experience as an entrepreneur and a co-founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, my heart, I, I didn't graduate with a computer science degree, but I do love how to code. I did love how to code. So I, I self-taught myself, essentially. Uh, so wow. software was still near and dear. No, to my heart. So mm-hmm. when I had a chance in 2010, um, I um, left uh, that venture, you know, sold my shares essentially, uh, and then started my first, you know, software company. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was at that time, 2010, 2011, that you know I read this again. Going this time, it was you know slightly more advanced. You know, I saw I saw an <laughs> ad. I think there's a blog post All about right. um, startup weekend. Right? Yes. Uh, and you know, I remember, hey, this is cool. Um, and I had a problem at the time. I know they were charging, right? I forgot how much they were, but they were charging something. Right. And I had no way to pay, right? So I was figuring out how to, it wasn't as easy paying stuff that yeah. back then is now. So mm-hmm. I was really find a way. And, you know, I had to borrow a French credit card and so on and so forth just to get PayPal and you know, get, to get in. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's, that's when, you know, I met, you, everybody else. And I still remember most of the guys or all of the guys that were there. You know, uh, funny thing, um, you know, I, I really don't call us competitors. I guess we're, we're both, we're all part of the same industry and we both help the same set of customers and so not really competition. Yeah. Okay? So mm-hmm. I remember you, I remember Rande, right? Yes. We were all in the same room. Correct, correct. And we had something different back then. I was doing nightlife. Rande was doing... Um... Go rated. No, there's one more that he did. Uh, there was one more. Worker. There's an Android thing uh, they were doing. Um, but again, little did we know that eventually we will technically, again, not compete, but we will yeah. be playing in the same space. And again, yeah. that's just temporary. And it's amazing. But I'll just track back a little bit, bro. Because mm-hmm. um, you already showed us that that was the path to entrepreneurship. I, I also want to know the etymology of your skill set. So you've mm-hmm. always been a geek. You've always loved technology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, for you to take that leap to be an entrepreneur, you had to build soft skills and hard skills. And there are Correct. several things that uh, really stand out here. You did HP for three years. Correct. You were a salesman, a pre-sales manager. You became a project manager. Correct. Those are formative experiences that eventually will come into play down the road because you know, the, and I always say this in this, I, I keep saying it, especially for kids, is if you're in, on that verge mm-hmm. of asking yourself, can I be an entrepreneur? The skills that you do in corporate in your first four or five years of, of, of stuff is what will yeah. prepare you to take that jump. Now, walk us through that, those experiences that, that you did in the first few things before you took that jump and what did you learn? Sure. Yeah, I think most of the soft skills, as you call it, I've learned through my corporate years. Now, I think first and foremost is, I think confidence. Yes. Uh, in in That's corporate, 
Yeah, diba? There's a level of swag. You know, there's a level, there's a level of yabang that you have to have. Eh. Yes. And even even at the very early start that you don't have anything to back it up. But you still have to have that little, you know, yabang yep. swag, um, confidence. Eh. And and mm-hmm. I learned that from 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 working in corporate because mm-hmm. you know when I was a new hire, you know, new fr- fresh grad, new in the organization, uh, and then you're you're with several. I'm, I was with several people that are more senior. And then I start, you know, they ask me to present uh, yep. certain things to management. And, you know, the first few meetings admittedly were, you know, not so good. You know, uh, I, you know, there were times where in, you know, I got a little bit of a dressing down from bosses, which is, you know, uh, at that time I didn't think about it. I was more stressed and angry at that point. You no, know? but mm-hmm. looking back, um, you know, these little things, you know, it, it helped it. So yeah, getting in front of these people, you know, managers, people of authority actually helped build the confidence. But mm. it, I think more importantly, it also helped me understand the value of communicating at different levels. Right? Yes. You might be talking about the same topic, but the way you deliver is different depending on who you talk to. Now, you're not lying. You're not sugarcoating anything. It's just that you understand um, you know, you understand your audience, right? Correct. And you tailor fit your communication or your speech or whatever you're trying to say to that audience. And, you know, two things. One, it helped me convince a lot more people, right? To get yep. behind what I was trying to do. But it also, at that point, helped me, without me realizing actually, mm-hmm. you know, understand or build the skill set to understand customers. Mm. Uh, because th- that becomes a very important skill set in, you know, in startups, right? Correct. Uh, you know, us nerds, engineers, uh, geeks, or whatever you call it, we we have this tendency to fall in love with what we're building first. Yes. Right. Um, and I, I tell I tell people, no, it's don't fall in love with your product, fall in love with your customers. And you know that that thing, um, you know, that I've been learning that since over the past couple of decades at this point. No. So, um, so yeah, so those, those, that's another skill set that I learned from from corporate. You know. Mm. Um, understanding how corporations work, the good and the bad, you yep. know, building my first business case, mm-hmm. uh, you know, firing my first person, I guess, right. you know, um, it was, that was a, both a shocking and a learning experience, I guess, for me as well. It's, um, it's something that still is, you know, something that I remember. It's something that I take seriously up to this day. Mm. Um, and, you know, just talking, understanding. You know, the the your your, your um, direct reports and the people that work around you. Yeah. Uh, you know, when when I graduated, maybe it's because of youth or you know, again yabang. There's always this <laughs> tendency of you know right. I can do everything. No? Right, bravado, uh, right there. Yeah, mm. but you know, maybe after five years of incorporate, you know, being beaten the hell out of you know everything, <laughs> you re- you realize that you know it's yes, you can do a lot of things. But you have to understand that, you know, you also have to have people around you that are a lot better than you at certain things to essentially help you in whatever you want to do. Uh, And, you know, that's one, understanding that you need help, right? There are other people who are better than you at certain things. But more importantly, understanding how to talk to them, how to convince them, how to inspire them to go with you. Because, you know, as you very well know, um, Entrepreneurship, you know, is you know, pardon my French, but the shit gets real when other people are involved. Exactly. Right? Um, so it's 
it's easy that it's you yeah i can i can of course at that time i i cannot sleep you know i can do 48 17 correct. hour days right? <laughs> the young 20 something's body right correct right <laughs> the beating it your body takes <laughs> now 12 hours i just want to go to bed so oh, but yeah no, um, yes. but yeah so it's, it's it's a funny thing no if you look at it so yeah you have this all of this confidence all of this energy and you know, when, when shit gets real, you know, when you start involving people, that's when, you know, the other skills come into play, like convincing them. You you, you basically have to tell them that, hey, you, or, you know, um, hey, dude, hey, gal, or whoever, you know, we're going to embark on something that can, you know, be very good mm. or be very bad for your professional life. Yeah. And the odds are saying that it's going to be on the bad side, on right. the good side, right? But, you know, I, I believe in doing this I know you believe in doing the same thing. You know, why not? Let's do it together. You know, spend a couple of years figuring things out. Though, what's the worst thing that can happen? Um, you know, we, we can always go back to corporate if we want to. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just take the plunge, you know. Um, and, you know, all of these soft skills, you know, convincing, inspiring, speaking to people, Excel and PowerPoint skills. I mean, yes. uh, <laughs> I got that from corporate. Uh, right. You know, writing one pagers. Uh, we in HP. We one of our clients was Proctor Gamble, uh, oh, wow. one of the directors at that time. You know, when when I was new to the account, uh, she told me that you know, you have when you speak to bosses or you want to present to bosses, you you write a one pager, a literal you know one page document explaining what you want to do, why you want to do it, why why would they care, right? And what's gonna happen in case you succeed or you fail. Yeah. Um, you know, it helps to crystallize a lot of things. You know, simplify things and. I still do one pagers today. Um, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, these are the things that um, I've learned in corporate. Uh, I I owe it a lot to the HPs, the levers, you know, the companies that I work for. Um, you know, without them, you know, I don't think I have the skills um, that that I need. And it's nice that you mentioned, no, that it's the corporate world that ha- that gives you some of the soft skills to make you a better entrepreneur. I, I do believe that. I mean, yeah. it's not the case for everyone. Yeah. But, you know, as an entrepreneur, yeah, you will have a lot of mistakes, right? You will learn eventually. But if you have the skills already, you know, instead of going through the motions of learning, whatever stress, you know, problems that you face will actually temper your skills even exactly. more, right? Improve your skills and even more. And, you know, I think I'm a lot better. You know, I still, I know I still have a lot to go but mm-hmm. i know i'm a lot i'm a lot better let's say entrepreneur now because of what i've done as a corporate employee right that it's better with corporate experience than without at least that's my opinion absolutely and again you you become more even keeled because again uh, coming out of school mm-hmm. fresh out of college you have bravado you think you can do everything and then you know shit hits the fan you get bamboozled and now you have a more level um, outlook on how to approach things. But again, the most important thing is there. You have experience and you have go-to moves like yeah, creating one-pagers, how to get buy-in, how do you navigate through bureaucracy in a big company that will come in handy, especially if you're doing B2B enterprise and the road. This yeah. is not unfamiliar territory for you, which again, gives you an advantage when you uh, come in. Now, let's jump into your first jump before we take our first break. Yeah. Was it in a in a vantage right away or did you do something else before? Um and what was the first startup like um okay. when you took that leap? Yeah. So uh the first startup that I joined or was a part of was a company called uh, T1 Vision. I believe they're mm. still operating now. Uh, this was the hardware um 
company or hardware sales company, a network um and server company that I mentioned. So yeah. we we started with my office mates, right? Um, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't the CEO. I, I wasn't the strategy at that company. Okay. So, but yeah, we were all co-founders. Uh, we we came from you know uh, DTSI, um, and we you know we basically started doing what we were doing because we thought we could do it better, right? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> the answer you know, no, right? I mean, eventually you'll get better at it, but at the very beginning, right? It's 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 not. You know, there's a yeah. lot of growing. Thing. So that mm-hmm. was the first. That was the first. Um, I would say, startup mm-hmm. that I had. Uh, that was also where I had a lot of I would say varied experiences in dealing with customers. You know, we were dealing with government, we were dealing public sector, we were dealing with enterprise, wow. corporate, academe. So there's really a lot of, um, you know, things that we that we had to deal with. And that was also the first time I had the customer, let's say, you know, mm-hmm. leave, right? Not pay us, disappear, Ooh. right? Uh, Which is common, I, unfortunately, in the Philippines. Yeah, or they just leave you high and dry for a correct. long time until you die. Yeah, and this is uh, no, this is even I guess I would say worse, no, but I would say it was interesting at the very least, uh, mm-hmm. because when the customer you know packed up and left, so to speak, right? So we're hardware, so we had to buy the equipment, oh, so no. we had to put our cash out, right? Yeah. I, if I remember, we were building um fiber optic line up north, right? So we had to hire, we had to hire, let's say, a contractor, and the contractor was my high school classmate, his company, and then yeah. um you know we had to buy the equipment. And then, you know, we were already, I believe, closing out the project. We already built it. And then when we started collecting like zero judge. Um, oh, no. And, and I, what made things, I guess, worse was the fact that, you know, I think all of this happened, them leaving two weeks before I got married. Oh, my God. Are you serious? So, yeah. So, imagine what? the stress that I had to go through. And this, how do I, you know, just a few million pesos of, investment because it's not cheap right um and you know i I had to talk to you know my friend my high school classmate saying dude i can't pay you (laughs) You all the while before you're getting married i I just literally got married and my god the stress of marriage is like running another startup oh my god (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you know this entire thing i have to tell my friend that i won't be able to pay them at least immediately it might take a couple of years but you know the commitment is we will pay you i will find a way to close out whatever we owed you, uh, and then noon. So, so that was like there was just too much stress uh, mm. in that entire time. You know, I just I learned how to compartmentalize things as well because I can't bring mm. that stress, you know, to the altar, so to speak. No, right. so I had to leave it for a couple of weeks and then go back to it when you know everything was a little bit stable. So, mm. uh, yeah. So those those were those were the things. I still, you know. Um, before, if you if you ask me the same question two years ago, I'd probably still be haunted by those um, yeah. memories. You never that. really recover. It's it's yeah. like PTSD all Correct. the time, right? But you get more, I guess, circumspect. No? As we exactly. get older, you know, we get more zen. <laughs> you know, we yes. see things in, in a different light. Mm. So, so yeah. So yeah. So after T One Vision, you know, I, I I started another company called One View. That was that was a software startup. Mm. Uh, that I mentioned. So, you know, we were doing, uh, we call it uh, digital displays. So if you go to your oh. supermarkets and LED billboard, you know, we, mm-hmm. we built the software that 
sends the data. So it was like mini YouTube at this point, okay. streaming to leads to, to to screens at that point. Yeah, and that, that that was actually when I went to uh, startup weekend. Uh, in that work, I also that's where I also met Aldrich, you know, my co-founder. Yes. Uh, so shout out Aldrich, been a long yes. time, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so but I know. Yes. So yeah, um, is a pang biker yon. He bikes. He also he also biking. You know. Oh shout so, out! We're just uh, race. It's time to race. Let's do Skyway. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> e-bike yun. So, oh, um, <laughs> so we're all gonna lose. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I met him. You know, we he became a supplier. We eventually, you know, got to working a lot. That we basically said, hey, you know, we had two companies at that point. Why mm. don't we just, you know, merge? You know, build this other thing, which eventually mm. became Innovantage. Right? So, so you're two separate companies apparently that merge yeah. into one. Yeah. Well, it's not really like a true merger, right? Uh, we we closed both down. Um, there there weren't really big companies. Like, yeah, you know, we were five in my company. I think he had like six in his. So what happens was, you know, um, we didn't know how to merge <laughs> at that point. <laughs> so we basically said that, hey, you know, let's just close the company down and then let's start a new company, move the people over. And and that's how you know Innovantage was started. Um, Got it. And yeah, and you know, I guess the rest is history, so to speak. No? Okay, but history is where we're gonna drop mm-hmm. and see later on after we take our first break. But when we come back, let's now talk about again. Let's just just let's just walk down memory lane a little bit again. I want to discuss how the startup ecosystem was before ten years ago. My God, you're so old. And how it evolved over the years and along with Aya and Advantage. Because you had um, several products, I remember, that you, you built uh, yeah. with varying degrees of success. Right? Let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. 
Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at sashallenge.ph. That's sashallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24. And we're back in the break. We are still with Gian Delorama of Aya. Again, very nostalgic. I, I can relate so much. Took me down memory lane. But let's just go back into the rabbit hole. Typically, by this time, we're already out of the time machine and back to our present normal timeline, right? <laughs> um, with all, with no more uh, infinity stone. <laughs> but I want to understand. Here's here's the thing. For all you youngins. I, I want to describe, there's only a few that can actually vividly say this, how the startup e- ecosystem was. Because around 2011, 2012, there are several events that really congregated because there were, um, there were uh, groups or little meetups before uh, that were happening, but it really became an ecosystem with that startup weekend event. I actually joined in the second one, bro. I wasn't able to join the first one. Mm-hmm. Right, but the second one, I still get a lot of things, and yeah. I still know a lot of people from that. That's where I met Minette of Kickstart, yeah. Jay Fajardo of Broadcloud, the Idea Space guys. Uh, yeah, again, a lot of the old, old, old parts that yeah. that are <laughs> still here. But here's the reality: probably half of them, people that I met through that, are no longer doing startup game. Yeah. Um. Half of them are still here, whether it's their same startup. That's why I have mad respect for those people who are still doing the same thing because I'm now on my third in a 10-year span. My goodness, right? Um, and again, we, we, we've been through much, but can you describe to me in your point of view, Gian, what was the startup ecosystem like? What were the startups being made? And man, a few, a $20,000 check was a big deal back then, bro. Right. <laughs> Like, having a check of any kind was exactly my god i remember this and there was only two it was polarized because it's either idea space and kickstart only they were they were founded months away from each other what was that like for you when you came in and then you had the the one view startup back then and what was what what was the effect for you yeah so so when I started One View in 2010, you know the, the 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 notion of the startup community wasn't really there, right? Um, you know, I've met a lot of people at that point building their own business, but not really like the tech startup community. Yeah, software. Uh, that's what they're software. Doing. Yeah, may negotiate pa, I mean, yeah. that was <laughs> that's basically what right. you know. Yeah, it's it was a badge of honor, I guess. You know, it was still a level, sabong a level of uh, I would say um, competition. Uh, you know, pahaba na ihe, so to speak, yes. diba? So, um, but, you know, it's it's a, you know, it was a very weird time, I guess, for me in particular. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the way I talk, the way I present myself to people, you know, this this came after years, decades of experience, no? Yeah. But when, at the very beginning, especially in the 2010s, 2011s, you know, I was very introverted. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I knew how to talk to people, but I I still preferred to like go inside my own cocoon and just dream and imagine. That was me. I remember um, going to Singapore at one point. I think it was a tech in Asia conference where we really got yeah. the bond. You, me, and Andres. And I was being this super mega extrovert, extroverted idiot back then. 
And I think you were fundraising for an advantage back then. Correct. And yes, I remember you weren't that social butterfly yet. Yeah. There were you were yes. you, you needed a wingman to like open doors and stuff. Correct. And you know that that, that to some degree is still true. Now that I still sometimes still like uh, go back to like a cocoon. But yeah, mm-hmm. at that time, so I was. It was quite difficult, I would say, for me to socialize, you know, especially when, so when I got to start up PH, like, sorry, not sorry, start up weekend, yep. right? And one of the first things that you had to do is actually pitch to get people to join exactly. your startup, <laughs> right? So, so imagine, no, yung kaba. What did you pitch? No? I kind of forgot what I was pitching, to be honest, at that point. In fact, the, the group that I joined Mm. Was it even my idea? No, that was yeah. Albert Or's idea. I don't know if you know Albert. Um, mm. That's another OG guy. So yeah, so um, forgot what I was pitching, but I eventually joined uh, his team. No, Quagun. Mm. Uh, that was an oh. edtech startup. No, so or an edtech idea at that point. So yeah, so we were talking. You know, we eventually got a couple of people um, in the team. And you know, if you want blast from the past, most of the developers at that. At, at my team came from Friendster. Oh my God. <laughs> so, yeah. Believe me, in 2011, oh Friendster God. was still a thing. Oh right? and my. It was still being, I guess, um, it was still living off the Filipino population yes. at that point. No, But you know, there were developers from Friendster in the team. And we had an office here, no? Sobrang blast from the past. Year. But oh yeah, so, yeah, it was very difficult for me. But, you know, it was at the same time, it, ano eh, there was something different eh, about working with people. I, I, I met, uh, as I mentioned, I met Sina Minet no time na yon. I met Sina Dan, si Chris Bessler, you know, FGJ, yes. you know. Mm-hmm. So, it's, and they ask questions because I didn't even consider, you know, when they started asking like these, these startup like questions, so what are your metrics, you know, your conversion. <laughs> but huh? wait. <laughs> What is the problem that you're solving? I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to sell something. <laughs> yeah, correct. This is the solution. They say, what's the product? Oh, no. So, I mean, you know, it was very, you know, it was challenging. It was difficult. Yeah. But it was also very, ano, ano, parang rewarding. That after three days, diba, mm-hmm. we, were, we spent, you know, overnight you know, just trying to build something. Um, mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, so that's where I first saw, you know, if, if you had the community of people together, you know, right. share Common aspirations, I guess. Even if your goals are different, uh, you know, there's something that can happen. And I was surprised. It was startup weekend one. There was like almost 200 people. Yeah. Yung mint nun eh. yeah. So parang when you thought that you were alone in your journey, and then all of a sudden you see like 200 plus people, right? And then you, there were executives, but there yep. were people from the US, but there were yep. mentors from other tech companies. So it's parang, like seeing wow. mutants. Oh, so, oh, there's other <laughs> mutants apparently. <laughs> Correct. Diba? So parang, right. And you know, uh, modesty aside, we we actually won it. Wow, uh, congrats. So with Coago. So parang, unfortunately nothing happened, you know, afterwards with Coago, but you know, that's 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 common mm. refrain in startups. It's just actually, you know, it's okay. Uh, but yeah, seeing all of this, I guess, you know, startup weekend was nice. One, you know, I learned a lot, you know, uh, the the members of Quagger still my friends to this day. But I think what happened after, the thing that happened after is actually the one that stuck it. So yes. I, I can't remember sure yeah, but I know you were already involved with some of these conversations. So parang, um, you know, there was this small group on Facebook. Yeah. 
right? Tapos it startup even startup PH, PH eh. Yeah. It was like Startup Philippines. It was, it was like, there was a yes. precursor group eh, na, ano, na parang tech startup. I forgot the actual name, but yeah. concrete, like 20 lang ata. And then, uh, you know, those who, who was there, I think I remember seeing, let's say, sina RJ David, yes. sina Chris, di ba? Um, and, You know, people who eventually became the admins, the founding admins of the actual startup PhD group. Correct. Yeah, I, I remember we we met in Starbucks in near um I believe that was in uh Tendisitas at that time. Mm-hmm. We were discussing, you know, what's what we're gonna do, you know, this this group is growing and blah blah blah. And that was 2012. So parang, you know, that 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 that, that community, eh, that mm-hmm. community started, you know, it came from this startup weekend, and there were several startup weekends already at that point. And then it just blew up, eh. Diba? Yes. When we first started, when we first joined Startup PH, parang 20, 25, 30. Right. So now, there's at three zeros no, after the 30. Exactly. Diba? It's crazy. So, and one thing that's also vivid that I remember around, again, I came in around a year after you. Mm-hmm. Um, 2012, I, I participated in the second thing. I pitched, I was pitching guest list. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was the name of my thing. Guest list PH, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't get anything. It's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to be a lurker here or whatever, right? I joined the group, but I never contributed. So sorry, my bad. <laughs> I'm just trying to get... Because I was there. My mind was like, hey, uh, can I get funding here? Maybe it's time, right? And maybe... Because again, if you look at the news, like Facebook, what's the thing? That there's money thrown around. But in reality, there wasn't any... And there wasn't an angel community there's only two places to get a check and it's just incredibly hard to get checks from them. Um, and the type of ideas that we were as, as an, as a, as a group, we're still very enterprise, Correct. right? There's not any FinTech. There's a few, but it's again, probably dragon pay was the most advanced back then, back then. Right. And it's still the, the type of founders we were, we were and what we were honing, was completely different and the type of problems we were having also was completely different that eventually evolved Correct. but let's just admit one thing without that group starting what we did or what you guys did i'm not a part of it to be honest i just came the second wave the startup ecosystem that we see now five million dollar checks on a seed or whatever mm-hmm. won't even happen because these guys were really the forefathers that made sure there's enough conversation, there's passing of information to not repeat the same mistake. My only contribution now is I'm documenting these stories so that people won't forget. My God, just there wasn't any reference back then, right? But, bro, we these are different, and I want to understand now. So you decided to pair up with with Aldrich, mm-hmm. two two um startups and. Two were you guys were head honchos. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest problems before was finding and creating a competent team. I was a solo founder in my first startup. It, it was incredibly difficult. How was that like for you? Forging two head honchos who had your own yabang, you had your own mm-hmm. ways of doing things, and now you decided to Correct. merge. How was that Correct. like and what how did you build your initial traction? Yeah. We were lucky, no? Kasi nga, si Aldrich really was the more technical 
right, mm. of the two of us. So we immediately slid into the roles that we had at that time. Diba? So mm. he really wanted tech. He didn't want to deal as much with customers and you know building the business. I did. I, I wanted the other side. So, mm. parang it was it was an easy fit, no. Uh, and you know building that team, the core team, you know up until now, naman is is incredibly difficult. I would say it's also hit or miss. Eh? I think yeah. a lot more at that time because. You know the skill sets that we take for granted today were non-existent 10 years exactly. ago. Exactly. Right? So when you when you get a developer, you know you don't even have that. No, parang I I I <laughs> and I what don't stack want were we using this, even? Correct. No one even knew what stack meant to begin with. Right? At that point, right? So parang and I don't. I think I hope this is changing. No, but one of the things that you know irks me a bit is when you say you know you're a programmer. Not because it, it, the the program is bad, but you know that the word programmer, because you know, uh, meant something else eh, way back when. Eh, yes. diba? So, parang you know, when 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 we got when we were trying to build our first team, it was incredibly difficult, no? Because one, there was that were there weren't that many um, available software engineers exactly. back then, and you know they were all expensive. At least relative to the size, no, we we didn't get funding until we were three years old. So we yeah. basically self-funded for the first three years. So you know, um, so how did we build it? So first we were really talking. We were cashing out favors left and right. No, wow. We were looking for friends that somehow shared, you know, the same vision. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also looking at you know very promising uh, interns and fresh grads because there yes. are they. Uh, contrary to popular belief, there are a lot of diamonds in the fresh grad community. Yes, you gotta build diba? them up and spot them Correct. too. Yeah, you just mm. have to spot them. You just have to, you know, build them up, be the mentor, and so on. But that's what we were looking at that because we really couldn't go to the Accentures, the HPs. to do that. Mm-hmm. No, uh, so that's what we were looking at. No, so you know, we again, I was lucky that you know Aldrich was there. He was a very extremely competent, you know, technical leader. Yep. Excuse me, but um, you know, obviously we needed more people around mm-hmm. him. Uh, so you know, we were we were talking to friends. We 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 spoke to. Um, we were casting in favors. Hey, do you know people who can do that? Uh, and when we were interviewing, what I was looking for really is, you know, one I was looking for skills. Yeah, fine. But I I let Aldrich, you know, do the filtering. Yes. Uh, but when it came to me, when I was talking to them uh, candidates, I was really looking for uh, two things. One is um, grit, mm. meaning you know when the going gets tough, you know can you, you stick up. around? Mm-hmm. Yeah, step up. Um, and then second is really how do I say this? But it's more of the willingness to do the work. Correct. Um, you know, that's why you know shout out to the PUP people here. Yes, we um, always want you PUP, diba? right? You know. Mm-hmm. Our first few hires were PUP mm-hmm. graduates, and up until now, and by the way, the PUP graduates that we hired, two people that we hired are now the head of, um, you know, our, our head of some of our groups in the company. Yeah. Today, they they were employees like three and four, so they're still yeah. with us. So, parang you know, when I when I spoke to them when they were obviously younger, parang you know, they didn't care what they had to do. They you know, even if it was difficult, parang you know, there's. They they just dove in head first. No? Yeah. Parang, you know, I'll learn, we'll make mistakes. You know, in case we make mistakes, we'll just do it again, do it better. Pero walang ano eh, walang, I won't say pride, no, but there's walang keme, so to speak. Yes. Na, And there's no well, sense of entitlement because again, correct. I'm not comparing from other schools. Yeah. Some people 
even down to their seventh, eighth year, and again, I've, I have some of that in, in multiple times. Some some schools produce like there's a sense of entitlement that you need to teach them something, and in a startup, you need to be able to figure that out on your own. Correct. Right? Because your I'm not gonna teacher. be like, hey, I need a consultant. Hey, I need a trainer. Like. Uh, we're a startup. What are you talking about? GMG, bro. What the hell are you talking about? Right? <laughs> I, I can I can dump you the resources, but you need to figure that out. And that grit, bro. It's totally, yeah, totally true. But for for all the startup founders out there, it's easy to say I want grit, but how do you feel filter that out on an interview? Right? It's a risk. Um, uh, maybe you have to. Yeah, you know. You have to, you know, sometimes you have this feeling. Eh. I, it's hard for me to explain, no? but I have this gut feeling about certain people. Na, yes. You know, when you talk to them, you know, you feel this connection. You see this connection. They understand where you're going, you know. Um, and then you also look at, you know, what they've done in the past. Correct. And it helps to also, it helps at least for me when they actually admit that they don't know what they need to do, and but they're willing to learn. Sometimes it's very hard to get people to admit to that because you're the interview. You'll always hear that. That's what for right? mm-hmm. So, and, and I guess that's, ano, you know, that's it's a risk. You, know? you will never see grip day one, even day zero. Yeah. You know? it's, it's just a gut feel. It's just based on your conversations. And then, you know, over time, you, you'll see it. I mean, uh, in, well, in, in startup life, naman, there will be no shortage of situations wherein you know, grit will be needed. <laughs> you know, Always sometimes actually. even <laughs> diba? even 24 yes. hours after you get hired, my problem eh, diba? Yeah. So it's very easy enough to see you know great or you know these traits early on because mm-hmm. you know startup life is never boring, right? It, even you know we're we're almost nine years old, and I can definitely say that you know it's still not boring. No. Um, so so yeah, so you, you see it over time, and you you just have to talk. Eh? Yung yung ko from corporate na, you know. We just talk to them, understand, um, you know, because you'll see their non-verbal. Sometimes, nakita mo, ah, kaya namin to. Pero if you look at, you know, their face and mannerisms, para nagirapan sila. Um, you know, talk to them, understand, and then ask why. You know, uh, after one year, actually, I, I sometimes I talk to people. Parang, do you want to go? You know, do you want to get another job? I mean, wow. Because I know that they, they they've learned a lot. It's not hard right. to see that they've learned learned a lot. No, parang. But seven, they they want it here, ganon. So which is good then, man, as a founder to hear. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also my fear, no? Uh, after a time, uh, startup, you know, startup life is also one of the best ways to get experience. You know that their market value are going up. Oh man, up you're gonna have to pay to keep them too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pay to keep, but also you know, even now, yeah, admittedly, you know, we can sort of pay market at this point in our lives, but yeah. separate, there will always be the more funded company. Yep. There will always Accenture. be a bigger company. Who can the number like, one poacher. I've got, I mean, I've been, you know, people have been trying to poach me yeah. for, yeah. for, for a while, right? And, mm. and I sometimes just entertain just to see how much salary I can get. And admittedly, yeah. nakakatakot sa laki minsan. But, mm. you know, uh, but going back, again, I don't know, it's it's different kasi when you're building, I guess that going back to the great question, you know, it's yeah. different when you know that you're building something of your own. And, and when you see that pride in other people, in your company, you'll understand na, you know, it's what makes them stick. Eh. It's not, mm. it's not just the money. It's not just the options. You know, yeah. it's it's a sense of accomplishment 
you know it's the sense of camaraderie that you've built over the past years diba exactly. so yun so but yeah i guess net puro ano yan it's a gut feel eh. it's really hard talaga to ano to to filter exactly. out or to get talent you just have to do it every you know paulit ulit i guess and you'll get better over time and it's a hit or miss so don't don't feel yeah. bad if you like, oh my god i hired a i hired a non gritty person or a gritty person again yeah. and some sometimes actually in in your roster You mm-hmm. just need the right gritty people in the right position. Again, you need to have the right A A, A players in the right positions Correct. because you won't be able to hire all A players um, yeah. all the time. You can surround them with a couple of B players, C players, but mm-hmm. you need to have the right gritty guys that are gonna uh, that will allow you to, a couple more hours of sleep. Correct. <laughs> And I think one thing then one thing then uh, it's I guess more apparent now no, for the much older startups is yeah. when when the type as you mature you know as yeah. a company you would need different types of people right uh, and there will come a point wherein you know you will have to hire more experienced people to fill in leadership roles yes right? potentially above those who've started with you at the beginning sometimes yes. kasi, diba, there's this sense of parang i would say entitlement per se you know, but there's this sense na you know since i started with you from day one right as as you move along aakyat din ako sa ladder which is true for the most part but You know, you also have to understand as a founder na you know, there will come a time where you need to get better people than the yeah. people that you have and put them in roles above those people and potentially even putting uh, other people above you in the organization. Correct. Diba? So, and I guess that's also a sense of humility aside from, you know, grit. Uh, a lot of the young ones, nga, they, won't, they won't see it now. Eh, but I would think na because of the amount of money that's flowing into companies right now that yeah. will happen a lot sooner right Getting and it's scary if you're not re- prepared for that and correct you think and your team that you hired mm-hmm. feels that you owe them shit yeah like oh i have built this from you because i'm feeling that now in pna bro like mm-hmm. i we've gotten this far being the biggest podcast network in southeast asia But I now need adults in the room in order to scale globally because that's a, that's the goal now. And shit, it's hard because again, you 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 built also more than the 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 experiences together a loyalty towards them the same way they built loyalty towards you, right? Mm-hmm. But it's for the betterment of the whole company. You need to be able to hire the right people at the right right time. But let me just segue a little bit. Because mm-hmm. you guys just had an amazing journey with with Innovantage. So now this is Innovantage. You've gotten funded by Kickstart after bootstrapping for three years. Mm-hmm. And I remember when you get, guys got out of the gate, I was still in guest list around 2013, 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. You had different sets of products. Cogito and Sinop. Sino. You weren't in the AI game. That's why when we, I did the chatbot thing, I realized, oh my God, you're doing the same thing pretty much. Mm-hmm. I want to understand what what was the 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 you know reason behind that that you had to pivot also the the, the products you were doing at, at at that stage. Yeah, I think so. When we started the first three years, it was Cogito. And what uh, was Cogito for those people who so, don't know that? Sure. So Cogito was a tool, uh, a workflow tool that allowed companies to autom- to digitize uh, mm. their processes. No, it, think of it as Google Forms. Way back mm, when, no? gotcha. And uh, 
you know, because we came from the enterprise, we knew the problems of the enterprise, you know, we hated paper as much as anyone at that point uh, and the inefficiencies that it brought. So we built a platform that made it easier for companies to go the digital route. Um, and, you know, as an enterprise company, I would say it was both difficult to get your first customer, but once you got your first customer, it got a little bit easy. It, it got easy fast. No, because the amount of money in the enterprise space is huge. No, so Super. it allowed us to actually, you know, bootstrap. We we achieved cash flow positive um, status wow. in three months after we started the company. Simply because you know it was an enterprise. Eh? The, the 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 contract sizes were really big. Um, so you know, so when we were doing that, so we had like uh, one company client, then three, then twelve, then twenty-five. Mm. You know, it was growing. Um, because we were always enterprise focused, no, and because we were talking to a lot of enterprise customers at that time, but um, we had this privilege of seeing where, you know, they will be moving into the next, you know, in the next couple of years. Right? Yeah. Um, and remember that when I said that, you know, don't fall in love with your product, fall in love with your customers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, adding more products to us at least, no. Parang it was almost natural, eh. Parang it was a natural progression eh, of yeah. what we were, what we what we are doing. Na parang you know, it's simply another customer problem to solve. No, we weren't. The company identity wasn't really tied up to a specific product, no. And mm -hmm. uh, no, sure, at that time, because it was also survival, diba? Yes. Parang we also had to, ano, always. So, mm -hmm. you know, when we saw that Cogito was dwindling, you know, because oh, there were other big players coming to the market, we were experimenting with, which is funny, you know, when we started Sino, uh, mm. I think that was in 2015, 2016. And what was Sinop again? Yeah, Sinop, so from the Filipino word, Masinop, it was a funny thing, it was an e-wallet. Ah. Okay. So it was an e-wallet with a, like a budgeting feature. We, that, was, that was when we started a little bit of AI that basically helped track your expenses, you know, project what you needed to, you know, what you needed to earn, what you needed to pay for. And there is an e-wallet functionality where you can pay bills through it and so um, so on and so forth. I would think that was very, very, that was ahead of its time, no? Uh, in hindsight, Parang, what were we thinking of at that time? <laughs> parang, um, so that was 2015, yes. no? This like That's six, tonic now. That's what yeah, tonic but, is doing. Yeah, I mean, and I remember that's when I also started talking to Ron Host, diba? Coins, yes. we were partnering, diba? So parang, at that time, so parang, you know, we started, we were building this up and it was totally different from what we were used to because mm. Kojito was enterprise, B2B. Yes. Sino was and B2C. It's hard, right? man. It's, it's totally hard. different uh, mindset. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, you know, when we launched CNOP, we had 16,000 downloads in the first week. Wow. Which was a lot at that time. So, parang, and it was growing. But that, that was also, I guess, a, again, at that point, we just got funded. But the amount of funding that we got was for enterprise. I mean, the enterprise type deals. It wasn't like for consumer. Consumer is marami pera to really build the audience. So when we were doing this too at the same time, you know, we realized, yeah, we had like tens of thousands of users in the platform, but we had no way to monetize. At least monetize in the in the way that would make it sustainable. Exactly. So I think after a year or at least nine months after we launched, parang I made a decision now, okay, you know, let's let's shut it down. Because it's wow. um, you know, it's been using a lot of our resources. Uh, again, tight may funding, we were still operating as if we were bootstrapped. Eh? So any loss of 
cash flow with that hurts. to heart yes diba? so parang so yeah we, we unfortunately had to take it down but we did learn a lot of it a lot from it sorry um which i think that was when we shut down sino and we understood a little bit more about b2c that's when the idea of you know the chatbot business uh, came in parang, around what year was this because 2016 all right that's also the same year yeah, I, I, I remember died. when you launched. I remember when yeah you pivoted out of party file. And no, actually, bro, we in. we failed. We we failed. Ah. So what happened there was we literally failed. We ran out of money. Um, twenty sixteen again kickstart. Yeah, I had to liquidate the business. Lost my twenty man team doing guest list. Yeah. The the first time I heard chatbots, I, I remember. Man, you didn't know me as a chatbot AI guy. I'm pretty sure when the first time you found out I was doing something like that, you're like, what the hell is this guy doing? <laughs> because, again, it, it's very personal to the, my experience when we were making an app to get people into the club. When by, Back then, we were already called Party File. We were a mobile app. Again, 60,000 downloads at that point. Right? Um. The, the default mess way of people wanting to get into a guest list is they message. Correct. Like, man, why the hell am I, did it just so happen now? And then just so happens that you, I ran out of moves. There wasn't mm-hmm. any move. Um, nightlife was dead um, because of what happened with, with that uh, big rave where uh, you know, people passed away. Yeah. So I had no moves. I said, I, it's either I try to pivot this into something that I'm doing in, in Party File now, or I just started anew. Right. And then I heard Zuck talk about chatbots. First thing I did was to buy the domain, which was yeah. available, chatbot.ph, right? And yeah, that was probably the single most, I say, baller move that anyone could have done. Like buying the actual <laughs> chatbot that page. Because I, I remember when I saw you, I go, bad trip to Siron, no? <laughs> yeah, you got it. I mean, you know, props to you. You actually, you know, okay, now I have to find a new name. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but that was, that was well. No, and bro, I'll just be straightforward to you. That move probably led us more more than anything that's why we got acquired because traffic just kept flowing in because of the domain and first thing i did right after the same week i created a landing page i didn't know shit about bots yet and then i found out about again chat fuel yeah this diy chatbot platform i didn't know anything it was just me and my intern back then it's IB, um which eventually yeah yeah. still with me in pna now uh she should join me eventually there so that's all we had. And then I found out you're also doing the same thing. Correct. So how what was that for you now? Yeah, so you know, in, in 2016, when, when we started uh the, the chatbot business, mm-hmm. um I, I knew I know when we were so that that the chatbot pivot, no, as we call it, really after Sino was more of you know, at 2016, and again, this is the irony sometimes of getting funding. You get too much money. You, ha- you had no idea how to use it. You'll end up just blowing it all away faster than you need. And that's what happened to us. You know, hired a lot of sales, hired a lot of people. But, you know, sales weren't coming through. So it was that point that, you know, we had to, we were like 25 at, wow. at that time. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I had to start letting go of people. 
Now we we actually had to theory. go. Yeah, we went to us. You know, we went to eleven people from Nori Five, um, and and that was before we started the chatbot business. And I was telling you know, you know, Sinop was doing well. Cogito was giving us revenue, but it was going down. You know, what can we do with what we have? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, one of my guys, who's who's the head of chatbot development right now, um, mm-hmm. said that hey, you know, we've been doing a lot of work in the SMS space already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's why I knew about what happened to you guys uh, after you know. The, I think there was a close-up event or something, mm. because the one of the platforms that you know Unilever used to spread the word was actually our platform. Uh, you no, know? so uh, so we knew of that. That was the prototype of what became you know Nudge and the Aya chat platform. So right. because it was on SMS, but the same thing as you know. The parang we I saw the value of customer engagement. Mm-hmm. Diba? And and coming from corporate, eh, from the corporate, ano, um, I guess side, uh, it was easier to convince bosses to part to uh, to pay you if your solution made them money, meaning exactly. if it was in the revenue side or so save parang, them that, money or save. Actually, if it's a choice between saving money and making money, they will yes. always go for making money. <laughs> diba? Even if it was more difficult, eh. so yes. parang, and it was an easier conversation to sell. So that's what okay. Let's do chatbots. We had we had some of the tech already. We knew how to connect to platforms. You know, we started building the platform like a few months before Zuck even mentioned that Messenger would be open for chatbots. Eh. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was on SMS based because that was the only you know you know yung platform eh, at that mm-hmm. time. So so yeah, and said, hey, you know, I, we lost more than half of the people. We had Six months of runway left. Sabi ko sa team, wow. well, guys, you know, let's just do this. Parang kuling hura, last hura. Let's just mm-hmm. do this. You know, we build it. We have ninety nine point nine percent chance of failure, but we have a point zero one chance of success. You know, but if it did succeed, you know, it would be very good for all of us. Mm-hmm. No? So yeah, we we built that. We started selling again, very enterprise. We were really focused on large enterprise companies mm-hmm. at that time. Um, yeah, and then. You know, I I remember looking at you guys because you guys had very good customer acquisition at that point. Bangla, it's a startup eh. game. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, I mean, that, I was just it took a while everyone. before. Correct. Yeah. It took a while before us to get to that point. But I know you guys were like, you know, getting customers or leads, right? So because yeah, you had that domain, you had yes. that brand. Eh. I yes. mean, you had the verb. <laughs> it always became exactly. a verb, right? So mm-hmm. so yeah. So but we still went to the enterprise route because that's what we need. So we had a couple of big clients. Uh, you know, we were lucky, I guess, at like 2017, 2018, when we were starting to get traction. But in you know, a lot of these big clients started to convert. You no, know? exactly. first we had you know Unilever, and then we started doing bots for them. And then, then the Globe, globe. my God, and, and, right. and then that was like wow. I mean, uh, you know, I, I remember when we when it went online. But in, in in chatbot space, parang you get you get thirty thousand people talking to your bot. Unlucky na nun. Dude, it was crazy, man. Because again, in a chat in an app game, we wore that as a badge of honor already. Like, oh my god, my app has thirty thousand downloads. Mm. Dude, in a chatbot, we get that in a day, and it's nothing, right? Correct. Mm. So when when we started getting, let's say, the traffic of telco, na parang it's a million. You know, I, I, it's hard to say how many, but when all is said and done, they probably had. Over time, like close to 300 million conversations. Exactly. Oh my god! Uh, just for one client. So, parang you know, it's it's a you know, it was it was transformative, no. Uh, and yeah, we're still doing it now, no. Uh, I guess COVID 
probably made things lean towards the commerce side more than right. ever because helping people sell. Uh-huh. Uh, but we're still doing it now. And I think, I guess one thing that set us, you know, so one thing that has been with us since the very beginning, maybe uh-huh. it set us apart to some degree again from, yeah. from, you know, the people in the spaces, you know, we had no choice but to build our own stack, our own tech. And right. we liked it. Eh? Yes. But, um, we didn't, we, you know, it's not that we didn't know how to use chat fuel at that time. Wala kami pera pa ang chat fuel. So, parang we had to build our own. So, yeah. And and we embraced the AI, you know, mm. through AI, natural language processing, natural language generation. And, and the guys have been building, you know, our, our machine learning core, yeah. um, you know, has been with us for a very long time. So, parang, mm. and that's something that I've, you know, always been proud of the team. Na parang right. They're so engineering focused. That you know, even if let's say we close down tomorrow, then we look back. Parang we've made so much IT that yes. you know, it can probably you know if I can spin it off to something to else, right? Mm. Parang you know it will. So parang it's 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 both you know humbling that you know inyay kaya laki ng tiwala ko sa talent here. Parang you know people, you know, these guys with the resources that we had built something which I think was you know at least for us very transformative. Uh, it helped run the business for nine years and counting. Yep. You know, it helped us grow to over a hundred people, mm-hmm. um, and you know it, it. It it went. It helped us go through thick and thin. You know, COVID and everything. You know, right. but again, the the journey is it done, diba? Parang, Correct. You just have different, larger competitors, I guess, or you know, people in the space. Exactly. Uh, and the landscape yeah. changes so fast. But before we take a deep dive of that landscape. Let's take our last break. Uh, this is easily going to be one of my longest episodes. I'm sorry for going a little over time. Dude, I love okay. this conversation. Yeah. Let's let's take our last break and when we come back, let's talk about the differences of the paths we took. Because I remember one vivid conversation that we talked about it when we discovered that, hey, we're actually competing. <laughs> but again, this is a good tale Mm-hmm. For a lot of you uh, startup founders that are listening to this, because it's rare that you're coming in and you're contrarian and nobody ever follows suit. People mm-hmm. look at the same opportunity and there's multiple players that can come in and y'all can thrive. And I want I want our story with GN and I uh, to be a good precursor to that because, again, it's beautiful and it's not zero sum. But let's talk about that more after the break. And we're back in the break. We are still with GN. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again, and we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprouts Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions for liberating your time for what truly matters. 
Hey hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023 and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor Dragon Pay is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. DragonPay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit DragonPay is. Dragon Pay was named Fintech of the Year at last year's Philippine Fintech Festival in 2020. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. Again, this is one of my most beautiful. This as 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 anticipated, this is going to be one of the fruitiest uh, things. It's, it's nice to talk to old guys again. Because lately, I've, all I've been talking to is just people who are like young 20-somethings. Next time, I'll just make them blessed to me. So that because, uh, man, but the amount of money being thrown at these startups, man, it's, not, it's, it's crazy. But again, it's good to have us, people who, to, who can at least prepare them for that type of stuff. Hopefully, they, they again, some of them will perform outperform us in, in ways you've never seen, but some of them will probably go through what we went through. And I wanna go into 2017, specifically okay. end of 2017. Because at 2016, we start, I, I bought the site. I'll just do I'll do my own perspective mm-hmm. first. 2016, we bought the site. We literally went running. I had a two-man team, three-man team. I, I had one dev. And we bootstrap. Mm-hmm. I only had like a few hundred thousands per month, to, so I had to make money because I I didn't have I, I wasn't funded anymore. This is from scratch. Um, we did this, and in twelve months, I remember getting a lot of clients. I had a bank. I had a couple of big ones also. The stack we took was again we built on top of Chatfuel, but we then knew how to then create bots from scratch. Mm-hmm. But our approach was we don't own the IP, which is very different than what, what I'm hearing because you you went the SaaS route. Correct. Right? Software as a service route. You build the product. You lease it out for users to be able to use it, but it's never theirs. Us, yes. the pitch was, okay, we'll build something for you and it's yours. We're just a service provider. Mm-hmm. Two very different approaches. And that's why we were able to coexist Differently, because I was chasing those customers that wanted their own shit, and majority wanted their own shit. They just Correct. didn't realize that they actually kind of didn't need to have their own shit for it to work, for it to solve solve them. But I was taking advantage of that opportunity. And then we were fundraising 2018. We almost we only had one month of runway when we were dead. Because one thing I realized too in this B two B game, because I was used so used to B two C, I had mm-hmm. the B two C hustle. That these these guys, the companies who had big checks, 
will mm-hmm. never pay on time. <laughs> yeah. You're always gonna be chasing two, three, four months worth of of, of runway to be able right. to sustain the development of this. And mind you, we were not SaaS. So the type of of contracts we were doing is top heavy on development. Correct. And our our monthly recurring revenue was not that big. It's only a couple thousand dollars at best. So it's hard because if you don't deliver the type of of, of development and there are always going to be delays, you're not going to get paid. Mm-hmm. So we always had that problem. But we had traction. I had Correct. volume because of, again, the, the name of the company. Correct. We were fundraising, but I got an offer to get acquired. And I remember this vividly. When we were doing the hackathon in Facebook, and you said that I already won. And when you told me that, you planted a seed in my mind that, yes, there's two things that I I remember coming to my mind. It's not really winning because I know this is a long game. But as a founder... I think I did the right move taking it because at the end of the day, I de-risked it for mm-hmm. me and my team. And number two, I had one thing that a lot of startups coveted, mm-hmm. which is stability. So, so I don't have to chase the monthly thing, but I knew back at the back of my mind, the writing is on the wall when you told me that. The writing is on the wall because now... I have a big mothership that I had to report to. And the way we structured the business was still dev shop model. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to scale if you always built products for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we never were able to do that because now I had to get approval for every single thing that, that I needed to do and cannot execute at startup speed. Because we could have spun off into a real product for whatever. Mm-hmm. But if the parent company was like, hey, I need you to make money right away, right away, then we're always going to be chasing checks instead of building product down the road, which is what you did. But even if we were doing that, bro, what, what was special? And this is the general lesson here. We never, we were competing, yes. We, there were a lot of, I remember at least five accounts that we were bidding <laughs> and we had very, very different pitches. And we weren't predatory towards each other. We had very different philosophies. But what the beautiful thing there was, it was not zero sum. It didn't have to be Aya or Chatbot PH and eventually Chat Genie mm-hmm. coming in and say, "Hey, this is we should. It's only us, or the, you're 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 dead." It, it was just so beautiful to think. And at the back of my my head and in my heart, I was actually rooting for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. And you know, at, at that point, you guys were the gold standard. We knew that. I knew that. Na parang, mm-hmm. you know, it's syempre, as part of, you know, just general business sense, mm-hmm. you should know who you are competing against, right? Um, you know, I was lucky that I knew you. You know, we had a very good relationship at that time. Yeah. We were very good friends. And you're right, eh, na parang, no, for me, not know. Even if I didn't know what I knew at that time, I already it wasn't a zero sum game, right? right? Coming from the enterprise side, I know how big the market was or is. Yes. No, 
you know, the, the amount of, you know, money flowing through the amount of customers that you can actually reach is a lot. And, you know, even the largest companies in the world still don't have monopoly of certain markets. No? And that's true for us as well. So, parang, you know, and, but more importantly is, at the start, parang, you have to, you know, you'll realize that you need other people to get your startup, you know, to succeed. In the same vein, you also need other companies in the same space because, you know, if, if you're succeeding, I'm succeeding, everybody's succeeding, you know, we will all go up together and it will validate our assumptions. The fact that you existed actually made it easier for me to convince some investors to fund us. Yes. Diba? And, and then, there's one thing that you always say. I actually just stole this from you. The rising tide lifts all boats. Correct. Gian de la Rama 2018. <laughs> yeah, so parang, it, was, it was never, you know, there's just too many customers, you know, the fact that we saw the same opportunity and did almost the same thing from two different perspectives just validated our idea. Uh, and it was awesome then to also have, you know, you know, yeah, we, we were competing, yes, but in the back of my mind, at least I knew I wasn't alone or we weren't alone in this game. Yeah. Uh, and that's true now. I mean, you know, there are a lot of players, you know, Again, props to Ragde and Chat Genie. Um, you know, they've done awesome this past couple of years as well. So yeah, but even if all of us are succeeding, parang kulang pa rin. There's, there's like 2 million businesses in the Philippines with a Facebook page. So just think about that. How many, how many um, customers do we have right now? How many customers do you know, all the other chatbot companies in the Philippines have right now? There's still a lot of opportunities. So... And again, it's not, it's not a zero-sum game. Eh? It's, it's all of us working together to just you know, focus on the customer. They need help. right? And we're all helping people, other businesses, to, to sell better, to improve the lives of their employees. So mm-hmm. you know, that's an admirable goal. And you know, why would I you know, sabotage somebody else's? Yes. Right? It's like shooting yourself in the foot. I mean, you don't right. realize it, but you know, we're here to help the customers. If you remove one competitor, there's less customers that can be helped. Exactly. Right, mm-hmm. so yeah, I mean, maybe it's a little bit, you know, optimistic. Some people might call it naive, but hey, you know, I that's that's what I believe in. Uh, and you know, if if we all succeed, yeah, all we all succeed, right? Uh, and yeah, just going back to what you said about the two different approaches, you know, you did the um, you know, the agency route, we did the yeah. SaaS route, the platform route. You know, there's no one right. Way to do exactly. Yun din, eh. That's another thing that you know I want to stress then. You know, yes, the market is huge, but there's also no one way to skin this cap. Um, right. and you know, some people might say that yeah, it's not scalable, right? Uh, some businesses are not scalable, some models are more scalable than others. They're correct, but it's also a matter of perspective. Eh? What hmm. type of business do you want to run? Because you can have a very big software development business. Yeah. In the same way, you can have a very big platform business or a SaaS business. Correct. It's, and the fact that we did things from two different angles, mm. you know, actually helps because, you know, yes, there are customers who would want to run it themselves. Yep. And that's something that we cannot do. So at least there is somebody else who can do that for them. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and we need that. We need that diversity. Exactly. Right? Or else, diba, we... If you were there, if chatbot page, uh, you know, to be honest, wasn't in the mix, mm. I don't think we would be as successful as we are today. And again, because you guys kept me you. sane. 
right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what was Ron doing? It's like not really scared shitless, but I, I was scared, right? Mm-hmm. Because you you guys were the OG in the space, no? mm-hmm. so but um, you know, it's it, it's it's it, it kept me on my toes. It kept me on on yeah. my toes as well. You know, it's um. And it's hard to dance alone, right? <laughs> so, uh... Yeah, but that's correct. And again, um, hindsight being twenty twenty, there were several, you know, things that uh, we did that we're enjoying now. And mm-hmm. for us, the price that we had to pay was after that acquisition, mm-hmm. we had a slowdown. We lost mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Because as a startup, your main advantage is speed, ability Correct. to be nimble, and to be able to iterate fast. That's it. And when when you get acquired, the price you have to pay is that okay? Yes, you're 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 liquid. You have all these things. You have stability. But if the acquirer that you're gonna get, in our case, weren't that flexible yet, or wasn't ready for those types of, you know, um, quick. Um, decisions that you might have to all of a sudden build a platform route or whatever, depending on what it is. And we were very early in the game. People didn't even understand what chatbots were. Now, and there's so many verticals under this. When I, again, we got acquired and we had that conversation, I knew we were going to lose pole position. And I was scared how bad it can took. It can it, it it will take and it really turned out bad, especially the pandemic, because mm-hmm. the acquirer we had again um, got hit and we weren't liquid enough. We had to shut down. I remember we even had that conversation of, "Hey, can I offload some clients to you?" Because we were yeah. we were doing mayday, we we're having an SOS call. But I want to understand from your perspective, and eventually, again, I had to focus on. Where I'm, what I'm doing now, which is Podcast Network Asia, right? I, I did what I can do. I still remember like, bro, help me out. Can you take this client on? I don't know, blah, blah, blah. We even discussed like you guys acquiring us for cheap and whatnot. But from that point on, it seems that the SaaS route you took doing the platform play really paid dividends because now you can just build on top of what you already had in your stack. Walk me through because I was just blown away how grew how fast you grew at that point. It's like the first, it's like a long race. It's a marathon. The first leg I won. We mm-hmm. won. I won the bike or the swimming race. But mm-hmm. after the swimming race, we were just hopping and popping and GN, which yeah. is blazing through the bike, biking route or a triathlon, yeah. whatever that was. Yeah. But what did you guys do and how did you scale that fast? So yeah, uh, again, going back to our enterprise pedigree. You know, we scaled through our customers, right? Um, we were able to get and acquire a lot of large. So we were targeting. We were really choosing our customers very well, I guess. No, in hindsight, but um, we knew which types of customers we needed to target that would, you know, pay dividends quickly. No? because we knew, okay, customers with a lot of customers. Um, we know that there is some stickiness to the. You know, to the types of conversations that they had. Um, so yeah, so you know, obviously we got Globe, then we got Gcash. You know, between the two Gs, right? Yeah. And we were doing, you know, we were doing millions of customers every month yes. across both. Um, you know, and you know, we were just talking to two companies, right? right. So yeah, and then we had like the Unilevers of the world and all of that. No, so um, so we we scaled through their volume. No, uh, 
again, just because we were able to get funding and we had some money, it's coming from what we did, you know, what we experienced a few years back. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's really very hard to just throw money away or just, you know, acquire 10,000 customers. No. Okay. Um, so that's what we did. I guess second is we also kept our ears, I guess, on the ground in the sense that, hey, you know, we, you know, we also knew, I also knew deep down that chatbots per se isn't a be-all, end-all technology. Correct. And, you know, now more than ever, it got, it's gotten so commoditized that yeah. anybody can actually build your own boss. So, so your success is actually, you know, eroding your competitive advantage to some degree in the future. Yeah. So, you know, and I guess if there's something that made us, I guess, more successful than usual is that, you know, we were able to see what the customer needed and then build a product that would tailor fit. Um, that is tailor fit to solving that particular problem. No? And, and the funny thing, you know, it went full circle. Uh, right now, we're going back to workflows no? with yung procurement <laughs> automation. Yes. It just so happened we had that stack. Yung yung. Mm. So we already built the stack. We just have to update it. So it, we, we were able to build the product in like two months and then put it out to market. Uh, and I guess that's how we were able to, you know, that, the flexibility of, yes, it took us a couple of years to build out our own stack. It was very difficult, very expensive, very time-consuming. But when we got to the point where, in, okay, now we have this problem, we can use this stack to build a product. It became, you know, easier. Um, and I think that for me is one of the secrets to, you know, our longevity. Is that yep. uh, marathon. No, we understand, yeah, marathon. No, we understand the stack. We we understand what it can do, what it cannot do. And knowing what to do because of it, uh, yeah, there's a lot of luck as well, you know. To be honest, uh, and I, I guess another thing, then, no, is to some degree, you know, uh, the the pandemic helped a lot. You know, I'll be yeah. the first to admit that the pandemic helped our business. You know, the the shift in mindset towards digitization helped us a lot. Uh, and you know, just like you when you started Chatbot PH, you know, we were at the right place at the right time in certain areas. So we were able to expand that. But again, we're towards, I believe, we're towards the tail end of the pandemic. You know, there's still this fear in me that the things that drove companies to go digital at the start might disappear when the pandemic is over and, you know, things might go back to what it was before. Yeah. You know, it's still, there's still that fear, no? Um, and to some degree, you know, we're seeing that in certain customers. Uh, so yeah, again, when that happens, it's just, yeah, we have another product, right? Uh, one thing that we're doing, and I'm pretty proud of this really, is mm-hmm. yeah, you know, t- telling you we built an AI stack. You know, we've been using it for our platform. Wow. Uh, in the next month or so, we're actually launching it as a separate product. You know, nice. you know, the secret sauce, uh, we call it Athena. So our Athena engine, which powers all of our stuff, mm-hmm. we're making it available to other developers so that they can put AI into their own apps, right? Uh, Man, that's amazing. So, yeah, I mean, we call this, you know, this is like our, not really Hail Mary, but it's more of, you know, who are the other players in this space? Google, Amazon, Microsoft, and then little us. But yeah. the point here is, we built it. You might as well help other people with it. Exactly. You know? Open so, source yeah, it so up. Yeah, so we're launching it in the next one or two months. You know, hopefully there will be a lot of developers that we can help with the platform. Uh, but yeah, so again, it's always this, one one chapter one chapter you know it's it's a marathon uh and 
No, I, I I know that I have a lot more in my tank. You know, I've mm-hmm. recently and you know, unfortunately, we've also gone through ups and downs. It's not all up. No, even mm-hmm. during the pandemic, you know, I've had to let some people go then recently. Um, so you know, it's always there. I know it's part of the game. It, it hurts me to do this. No, every time I have to do it, but you know, at at the end of the day, it's you know, chasing this vision, you know, chasing mm-hmm. you know how to make other companies automate much faster. Right. I mean, again, rising tide, you know, lifts all the boats. It just so happened that the ocean at this point is everybody that we can help. Exactly. So, so this is not in my, I guess, legacy to some extent. You know? yep. um, yeah, if the, the more people we help, then, you know, regardless of what happens to us in the future, I can, mm-hmm. I can definitely say that, hey, you know, I've helped at one point over 100 people in our company, um, you know, finance their lives, right? Uh, help their families. You know, we've helped a lot of customers. And, you know, th- that's something I'm proud of. You know, that's what I tell yeah. my daughter and my son. Hey, you know, yeah, you make money in business, but if you don't help people at the end of the day, your business will die. Exactly. So, Amazing. Yeah. Now, last question before I mm-hmm. let you go. Because again, uh, I've, I've went over time. Uh, <laughs> one thing I'm super amazed and I'm having a heck of a time trying to do this is you have at one point i'm not sure now you 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 mentioned that when you do town halls you have a hundred people how does a founder build a team or a company at that point because at that at that level you can't just run it like you all of your everyone said you're a direct report you're gonna die i'm 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 right in the thick of it in pna we're trying to go global and we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're rebuilding. So I'm taking a page out of your book and creating mm-hmm. a stack that allows me to, to help podcasts at skin. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's the stack won't solve it. There's management and really becoming a CEO or an executive that needs to happen and it needs to happen fast. Also mm-hmm. with the right leadership team. How Correct. did you scale this? And again, going back to gritty people, Grit won't be enough. Eh? You Correct. need to have the right strategy, adult, strategies, Foresight. adults in the room, everything else. Now, how did you build that 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 out um, that allowed you to scale? Because again, long game, mm-hmm. us being able to hire the right adults in the room is not easy. And a lot of startups that are in here that have been throwing a lot of money will have to go through this faster than we ever did. So what's the advice that you're going to get and how did you do it? I'd like to think that I didn't build a hundred plus person company. What I built was a six person team, my direct reports, right? And they were the ones who built the rest, right? Yeah. So it's 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 a we game, it's a team game. No, I cannot take credit for building you know a hundred person organization. Props up to my COO, CTO, your CMO, these ladies, no. Um, Joyce, my COO, Tiff, my CTO, you know, Mika, our CMO. Um, no, they built the organization. They helped me build. You know, I, I helped them, but they did the rest. Uh, because I know that I myself cannot build a 100-person organization. <laughs> That's beyond my skill set. Um, mm. And I'm still surprised me sometimes that we were able to go to this big. Uh, but yeah, so focusing on the, the, focusing on the things that I can control, meaning focusing on my core team, yeah. Uh, equipping them uh, with the tools and the resources and the guidance that they need. Again, focusing on this small group of people and then let them 
make mistakes. Diba? Mm. I learned from my investors. I've made so many mistakes in the past and, you know, I don't know how, but they're still with me. You know, they've seen a lot. Um, you, know, you know, props to these guys. Uh, but yeah, they, they, they saw something in me, even if I didn't see it at that time. So I'm doing the same thing, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'm risking, not really risking per se, but you know, I'm trusting them that they can build, you know, the business with me. And, you know, they, they were the ones who scaled the company. And I tell them as well, you know, you know, you don't scale, you don't hire 50 people under you, diba? That's almost impossible to do on your own. You know, hire two, three, you know, help them and then let them do the rest. Diba? Focus on these small spheres because, you know, little spheres or little circles, I guess, if you put them together, you end up with one big circle anyway. Exactly. Right? Uh, and it's just talking. And I guess that's the thing. We always communicate. We, we try to be open and transparent as much as possible to everybody in the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, that's one. You know, second is really more important as well. You ha- as a founder, you need to realize that you have to let go of certain things. Absolutely. Right? When you get adults in the room, you will have to let them be adults. Right? Uh, even though you can override them if you have to. But you have to make them, you know, feel that it is their business as well. Yeah. Make the mis- let them make mistakes. So you have to let go of that. So yeah, so two things. One is, you know, don't focus on building the hundreds. Focus on building you know, the six or the five, the one that's right, uh, your direct reports. And second is, you know, learn your place in the journey of the organization. Learn what you can do best. Learn what to let go of. And then have, you know, make people, allow people to make mistakes, allow people to grow. And yeah, you're in it together at the end of the day. I mean, yeah. so, so yeah, those are the two things I guess that I can leave to your listeners. Yeah, and, last you know, question though, because there's going to be these fears and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the worry always is to become, you have great teams, mm-hmm. but they're siloed. How do you prevent that from happening? Culture. No. Um, first is you know it it all starts with you, the founder, no, mm-hmm. the leader. So if you're if you walk the talk, say you know you 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 espouse transparency, communication, and you make it out, you take it. Let's say you take it a priority, make it a priority mm-hmm. that you speak to them, you know the people, even they're let's say one or three levels, uh, you know below you that don't really directly report to you, and you make that effort and you know talk to them. How are you? And you do it consistently. Yeah. They will feel that they're part of this big organization. There are no walls. Um, you know, second is you know, having this common goal, you know, this common set of values. Uh, we might do different things, but you know, yes, there will be walls. That's inevitable. But what is non-negotiable is that you share the same values. Right? Mm-hmm. So we've, we, we've built this you know, 11 corporate values that we've had. Um, over the past eight years. What are these 11? Uh, just so that, again, um, people can, again, replicate just because, again, it's hard to scale uh, at, at, at yep. where people are like, what are the commandments? What are these talking about? Just at one point, for example, as you scale up, you can't just hire directly as a founder anymore. You're going to have to hire an HR, create an employee handbook, all these values <laughs> need to be transparent. And then there's always a challenge of upskilling people, scaling them out and whatnot. But it doesn't have to be the whole 11, but what are the, like, the main tenets that you, you, you have here? Yeah. So, well, be obsessive about our customers. 
we I took that from Amazon. Love the customer. Um, I love the customer. Um, help your employees first so that they can mm-hmm. help your customers. Yeah. Right. Um, trust and respect one another. Understand and accept diversity. Yes. Right. Um, and then you know, one thing since we're all like geeks now, put engineering foundations before you know delivery of the product. Um, so those are, I guess, there's there's six more, but you know, those those are the 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 big, I would say, um, values uh, that, that we have. Is amazing. Again, thank you so much. And sorry if it took forever, but this was special. This was really special, bro. But before I let you go, invite people over. If, and what's next for Aya? As we go again, Athena is coming. Or I, I don't know what else female names are coming up. <laughs> but what, invite people over if they want to reach out to you. And again, uh, talk to sure. the best in the business. And I recognize, uh, real recognize real. These guys are the best in the business. As a guy who's not doing this anymore <laughs> as we speak. So again, Gian, what, what do they do and how do they do that? Sure. So yeah, so what's next for Aya? I mentioned Athena. So we're, we are launching uh, Athena in one to two months. Uh, we are also you know, doubling down on our commerce chatbot as well as our procurement automation uh, solution. The goal of the company, our vision is to make automation more accessible uh, to every company here in the developing world. So if you want to know more about our products, just go to aya.ai um, and you can you know, learn about us there and then feel free to reach out. Um, via our bot and via the forms that we have as well. And yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm very much active in the startup community. Mm-hmm. If you're a member of Startup PA, just search for me there. He's an admin too, like me. So don't, yeah, don't I mean, admin. Admin. We will block <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so that's what we're going to do for now. Uh, yeah, hope to continue with this journey for as long as humanly possible. There you go. All right, but we have bots to back us up. All right, but again, thank you very much, bro. Before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast after listening to you. And again, if you're listening on, spot, listening on Spotify, Give us a five-star rating. That's just important so that other hustlers can find us. And again, if we did say some jargon, which I think we did, it's going to be in the show notes on hustleshare.com. And again, we have a little community. It's like a little startup PH, but this uh, community where you can find other hustleshare listeners on hustleshare community on Facebook. Again, GN, thank you very much. Thanks, Ron. Thank you for having me. And thank you to all your listeners. And I wish you the best of luck. Happy advanced third anniversary. Thank you. Dude, it's been amazing, you know, watching your journey. And I hope that we'll catch up once this is all done. Correct. All right. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.